0: Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined, as always, by my friend, the founder and CEO of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, we know lots and lots and lots of founders, and there's this funny thing that happens at some point, which is that, like sometimes between startups or after our first startup, we stop being in a startup for a while, right? And there's this notion somehow within some of the population that it's this transitive, temporary kind of title, right? It's like, I'm the GM of a Taco Bell one day, and then I get fired the next day because we left the meat out, and now I'm no longer the GM of a Taco Bell. That's a <laughs> <laughs> so like, was awesome. <laughs> does the same thing doesn't seem to apply here. I mean, like certainly you and I know plenty of people who have been founders and they may not be actively in a startup right now. That's kind of like saying like, once your kids leave the house, you're no longer a parent, or right, if you decided right. to sell your car and ride a bike, you're no longer a driver, right? Like you still have this capability and, and really, I think the mindset and the kind of the, the emotional set and the psychological set that comes with being a founder,
1: right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's interesting because we have, you know, these founder groups that we put together. There's like these eight person groups, and we've done that for years. I mean, we've done it for like 20 years. But one of the things is that people are coming in and out of startups. So people will be in the group, is a founder group, and they're, they're there because they want to talk about their startup. It makes total sense. That's, that's why you're there. But then, you know, they either sell the startup, they shutter the startup, whatever, like the start, their, their entity goes away. Yeah. Invariably, it sparks the conversation with us, which is, hey, am I still a founder? Should I be in this group anymore? And it's incredulous to us because we look at it and we're like, Yeah, of, of course you are, right? But but I don't I don't think this topic has been really well discussed or well defined. So I don't think people have a, a framework for it. So the, the TLDR here is yes, you're a founder for life, but I think this episode we're gonna talk about why the understanding and kind of framework for what it means to be a founder kind of sticks with you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and and it's not something that we can easily just dismiss. Again, it's not like I'm no longer the GM of Taco Bell. Being a founder is kind of like your DNA. It's it's who you are. And so I think it sticks with you forever. And it's, so I think we should talk about that today. Agree. Agree. Yeah, I think the summit, it's like the
0: startups are temporary, right? In a lot of cases. Well, in most cases, right, something's going to happen to it, right? But, but being a founder is not right. And I think that this, this notion of what happens when I'm in that in between or even after state, you may never do another startup again you're still a founder. And I would argue like to the point around, you know, we do see this and people are like, well, my startups shutting down, should I no longer participate in the group? Quite the opposite, friend. You have some of the most amazing and hard-earned lessons that any founder can go through. hundred percent, So in as much as this is a permanent state, you're a founder. You've got the scarlet letter, right? There's an F. A lot of founders, (laughs) once they've had that first failure, they think they're permanently branded with two Fs now. They're the failed founder. It's just not the case, right? Like You never know what's going to happen next. But certainly, there's a ton of wisdom to be shared from that point
1: as you know, I'm a carpenter. And when I say that people think that must be my profession and so, when I tell people who don't know what I do. And I say I'm a carpenter, they just assume you know, that kind of makes sense So people get paid for. Why would you say that unless that was actually your job? But it's not my job. I just happen to be a carpenter. I spend a lot of time building stuff, right? And I love it. And I'm passionate about it. If someone pays me for it, in other words, if it turns into a job, I don't all of a sudden become more skilled. Now, <laughs> like I'm the same person, I'm a carpenter, whether you pay me or not. Exactly. Same goes for so many professions. You know, you mentioned parent. I thought that was genius. And the same goes for an artist. Whether I just made an, an album a year ago doesn't make me any more or less an artist. <laughs> like I'm still an artist either way. That just happens to be the product of what I do. So I think part of the identity we we tend to feel comes from whether or not I either do it professionally, actively, or successfully, or successfully. Now, now here's here's where that gets interesting.
0: There'd be a lot less musicians in the world if that was a requirement.
1: (laughs) Like (laughs) Like 12. success piece, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so let's take somebody like Bill Gates. Bill Gates hasn't been active at Microsoft for 15 years, right? I mean, he's been, you know, long since gone. But everyone considers him technically co-founder of Microsoft. But the reason people tend to give him that title like forever is because it went well. Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) Right. So everyone's perfectly okay with saying Bill Gates is a founder, but when we, if you and I build something and it it runs for a year and a half and it fails, we feel like we're not founders anymore, right? Yeah. I used to be a founder of something, right? But I'm no longer a founder. And and what I'm saying is I don't think success or failure is actually the determining factor. No different than if I lose a football game, I'm no longer, I'm I'm not an athlete or a player anymore. I just lost that game.
0: Yep. I lost last night. I'm very much still a player, right? Like I am still very much trying to be a player. <laughs> right, right, right. right. And we, yeah, we took a, we took a bad beating last night, but I'll go back out and play again. Right. I'm that dumb.
1: Right. But you don't need to win games, to consider yourself a soccer player. No, I don't, I don't. It helps. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> There's that part. But seriously, like, I think when people look at being a founder, they look at it as something that it only exists again, if I'm successful. So Bill Gates can say I'm the founder of something because it was Microsoft. And you might look at it and say, well, why would I want to say I was the founder of something that didn't work? Well, guess what? Most stuff doesn't work, right? right exactly. Like, again, that's that's like saying I'm only an athlete that wins games. Well, most games get lost, right? For most athletes, right? That's kind of the way it goes. And a lot of people just don't quite understand. that. I, I don't think success is the metric of being a founder or maintaining your title, so to speak. Correct. Yeah. It's
0: also not like your LinkedIn title, right? I think a lot of people think, right, if I'm not actively doing this right in this moment, it just, it just goes away. It just doesn't, right? Being a founder isn't a job title, right? We've talked about this before, actually. It's it's the the most nondescript job title ever. It gives you a sense for where that person is and sort of the mindset. It tells you absolutely nothing about what that person does, right? If you're the CEO of a publicly traded company, we have a fairly good understanding of what you're doing. If you're the GM of a Taco Bell, we know exactly what you're doing, which is ruining uh, food on regular basis. The founder title isn't really a title, right? It's more of an ethos, right? It's our reason for
1: being. It's the thing that we are, not the thing that we do. You know, somebody actually just had like a long blog post about this. It was Jason Freed from Basecamp. He was talking about how this concept of founder and CEO was kind of like an awkward thing, and it's not really a thing. And the way he defined a founder... He said, the founder is the kind of person that's always pushing the envelope and taking huge risks where the CEO is more risk adverse, et cetera. And and, and I pushed back on that. And I said, you know, honestly, I, I don't think a lot of CEOs would agree with you on that. I would say like, there's plenty of CEOs that push the envelope, et cetera. I think you've got a fairly, Jason's got a fairly myopic view of what it means to be a founder, probably shaped by how he thinks about being a founder. Right, 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 right. But I would agree with the part where being a founder isn't always necessarily a job. It's kind of a status, right? Like in my mind, I look at the founder as someone who creates something again, literally the title, you know, suggests as much, but someone who's creating something. Now, sometimes people maintain the title, like, in other words, somebody's just the founder and somebody else is the CEO, et cetera. And they give them some role. But it's a totally amorphous title because it's not really a job. No, and again,, no. I would want to stick on that. Being a founder isn't a job, which means if you no longer have that company, you didn't lose the title. I guess. Right. Back to your GM Taco Bell analogy, right? It's not something you can lose. You were the creator, a parent. Whether your kid talks to you or not, you're still their parent. You still made them whether you did a shitty job as a parent or not. You know what I mean?
0: Yep, yeah, for sure. No, I think that's, that's really interesting. I'd be curious, going back to the, the Jason Fried example, I'd be curious to know, how many of those folks he was looking at, was he drawing a strong distinction between people who had never been a founder and were a CEO in terms of like that risk aversion? Or was he talking about people who were founders who then maybe not even in that business, but then went on to be a CEO? Because I can think of plenty of examples where there does seem to be some truth to what he's saying, but it's certainly not. There's still a lot of variability in it.
1: Yeah, it didn't didn't feel like a very scientific analysis on his no, part. It's not just not of, at all. I think it's kind of how he felt, and he was writing <laughs> yeah. it as such, which is fair. You know, that's what Twitter's for. But I do think that being a founder is kind of like how we're built. It's in our DNA. For sure. Yeah, I would say
0: founder. Right. Yeah. CEO is a job. Founder is a condition. Right. Sometimes a blessing. Sometimes a curse. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a condition. Being a founder right? is a condition. It's, it's a, it's
1: a, yep. I see it now. Like whenever I talk to founders, and, and I always talk to them their backstory. And I say, "Tell me a little bit about kind of how you got started in life, whatever." Everyone has, as funny as it is, how no matter how different their stories are in life, they always kind of start the same. Everyone sold candy. I don't know why candy is like this gateway drug to entrepreneurship, but like nine times out of 10, someone had a candy business, you know, that, where they sold something. I know I did. That was like my big thing. I was close. Mine was a lemonade wagon, but you know, it's... it's yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Close you're you're still pedal and sugar. Yep. And so uh, what was interesting to me is there's just certain folks, the people that we talk to every day, that are just built this way. Like no one ever had to sit us down and say, you know, you should consider being a founder. (laughs) Dude, quite the opposite. I had people trying (laughs) to talk me out of it, like
0: consistently. They're like, oh, you should go do an MBA. You should do that. You should do that, right? it was anything but like try to start your own thing. And look, it it was the environment that they were in. Most of these were like academics who like the idea of going and building something brand new as opposed to just repeating things written in somebody else's book was terrifying. No offense to some of my lovely professors and full offense to some of the others who were
1: total shit. (laughs) <laughs> well, but my thing is, it's one of those things. It starts early. My point of bringing it up early is that you didn't have to be taught it. Like uh, you started to become this person in many ways. That people are athletes; they're just yeah, naturally exactly. athletes. You just, or see they're it naturally happening. creative. Yep. The way There's, they
0: move, the way they think, the way yeah. they react.
1: Yep. There's just something natural about them that kind of has this gear. And I think the same goes for founders. I know plenty of founders who started something a long time ago and haven't done anything since. You know, as far as starting something. And now they're off, you know, in the corporate world or something else, right? And they're fine with that. But the point is you had to have had that DNA at some point to have started something to begin with. Going back, you had to have had have have the condition. A great parallel there is, are things like people who do things professionally for a minute, like an athlete or uh, a musician, etc. cetera, where a lot of people like in their 20s, you know, were really into music and they were gonna start a band and they thought they were gonna get signed and do all this stuff. And it didn't work out that way. And now they're an attorney somewhere. Well, it's, those, it's the NCAA
0: commercials, right? You know, 98% of our student athletes go on to be anything but an athlete, right? Yeah. And they're still athletes, right? They're still athletes. Right. You can tell when you, you, walk on, you walk into that business where, you know, like there's there's somebody you're like, I'm guessing you were a linebacker at some point in your life because yeah. you're built like a linebacker. <laughs> if you're built like a linebacker, there's only one reason to have that build and that's you were a linebacker, right? So you're still the athlete. You're also now doing something else.
1: You know, something that's really funny about everything we talk about here is that none of it is new. Everything you're dealing with right now has been done a thousand times before you, which means the answer already exists. You may just not know it, but that's okay. That's kind of what we're here to do. We talk about this stuff on the show, but we actually solve these problems all day long at groups.startups.com. So if any of this sounds familiar, stop guessing about what to do. Let us just give you the answers to the test and be done with it. You bet. In in the same way, like, you know, right now you and I are building companies, right? If we go choose to do something else, it doesn't take that away. We don't no longer have that ability. God forbid, man. (laughs) But I think that from a DNA standpoint, the reason founders like us the reason that we connect with each other so well is because we have those default thoughts, the default thought of what if and why not.
0: Yeah, the default thoughts and to your point, that that kind of that common background. And again, that came from that common mindset and those that gear that we have. But when you dig into everybody's backstory, there's so much overlap between it. You're like, we've known each other our whole lives and we just met, right? It's that same, that same thing, right? It's going back to, of course, that was driven by the mindset and by the, you know, the inner workings of that human. But I think when you combine those things, which is that very similar experiential set and pathway combined with that mentality and that desire to build and to understand and to break things and fix them and make stuff, there's just that instant camaraderie
1: that I love in this space. I think we see it. I think, Ryan, you and I are spoiled by it because we see this all the time. You know, we see a, you entrepreneurial kind of founder mentality all the time. Most of the folks that we hire at startups.com have had a business. They've been CEO of something else at some point. No matter where they work in the organization, they've probably started their thing or have a, a side hustle going or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically our training program, right? Like, yeah, exactly, did, did, did exactly. you
0: already start
1: something? Cool. Then you know a huge chunk of what is the hardest part or maybe the impossible part to teach. I think i shared this with you like on social media or something a really long time ago i have a tracker of all the people that that have ever worked with me right and i I keep track of kind of where are they now and i update it every few years because it's a lot of fun and when i post it it's over a hundred people that have worked for some company that that i've started over the past 30 years that are now ceos of another company right which is awesome which is awesome and countless founders within that I say that because those people were founders all along. You know, they came through one of these companies, they were inspired by something we did and they, they activated, you know, their founder mentality. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a couple people that started with us as interns back
0: in, you know, like in like 2014, 2015 who then went on to found companies and are
1: now running successful uh, businesses. It's so fun to watch. What's also fun to watch is most of our staff early on in like 2012, when we were first getting started, was all in Columbus, Ohio. Even you were in Columbus, Ohio at the time, right? We were all there. And uh, so now that it's been like a decade since, if you run like a a heat map of all the founders (laughs) in Columbus now. Yeah at least half of them map back to some employment at some point in what we've done, which is really awesome, right? There's there's so much connectivity there. But the point is, they were always founders. They just happened to be working, you know, at our company for one moment, in the same way that many of the founders that we have on staff now are still founders. They're just working here versus somewhere else.
0: Yeah, that's funny. It's funny to think about. There are people who are founders that don't know it yet, and there are people who are
1: still founders who believe that they've lost that, right? And neither is true. Correct, not even a little bit. And again, the reason we're spoiled is because like when you and I work on a product idea or marketing idea, really anything, we have the advantage where we can hop in the Slack and we can say, hey guys, what do you think about this? Yep. And every person on that Slack Having the founder mentality has like a a very kind of, I'm going to say gritty, and I mean this in the right way. Well, here's how we can do it faster, cheaper, more effectively, et cetera. And no one even like thinks twice about it. They're like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. You know, let's go do that. Or people will take their own initiative, things like that. We are so spoiled by that because we have a whole organization of them. Then you drop one of them, one of these Navy SEALs into traditional corporate, and their heads explode. One of my friends, he's he's at a founder group in Columbus. He sold his company, went to go work for a big corporate and just emailed me a couple of days ago. He's like, I'm bored out of my mind already. It's been like six months, right? You got a great job, but he's like, I'm bored at a great company. He's like, I'm bored out of my mind already. Because when he's in in big corporate, he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's like, like everyone just like takes weeks to do things that should take minutes.
0: Yeah. I find myself constantly leaning on various guardrails keeping me from making progress. <laughs> it's yeah, unbelievable. it's
1: unbelievable. And that's yeah. where you start to like remember that you are built very differently. You know, this the archetype of the founder does not fit well. I thought about this the other day. I've had very few jobs prior to being a founder, but I think I was fired from all of them. (laughs) I think I I, I may have like, just like stuffed that in the back of my mind at some point. But when I went through it, I was like, no, I kind of was fired from all of them in some way, shape or form. Like I was not meant to be an employee, which I'm also a (laughs) jerk, but you know, whatever. I I remember that too, then I think I've brought this up on the
0: podcast before, which is like in the early, early stages of me declaring that I was an entrepreneur when I finally felt comfortable doing that, that there was a lot of pushback and a lot of like, oh, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I was unemployable. They weren't wrong. They were just wrong about the reason, right? It wasn't that I lacked drive, skill set, motivation, capability or anything like that. It was like, I just didn't want to do it in that environment, right? Like I didn't like the rules of, of that particular game. I want to circle back to something you said, which was that you know, we we are spoiled and we are absolutely spoiled in so many ways. You know, the thing that I try never to take for granted is what a benefit our customer base is, our friend group of founders is to us, because of that power that it brings, right? To your point, you know, we can jump in to not only our own internal Slack, we can go to our entire community of founders and ask questions and get amazing feedback, right? Real feedback from, and of course, you can always ask your customers. All right. But I go ahead, go ahead, GM at Taco Bell. Ask your customers how, you know, what, what they would like to see from a product iteration. <laughs> I don't know, make it a dollar. Like, of course, every once in a while you'll get the guy who's like, well, what if you made a taco shaped, taco shell shaped waffle and then put chicken in it and Taco Bell had chicken and waffles? That would be genius. Right. Okay, but that's let's, not
1: the- let's stop right there. That is genius,
0: Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. I suggested this to them via Twitter in 2015 <laughs> when the chicken and
1: waffles thing was hot. They didn't take me up on it. Gotta love some chicken and waffles. So here's what I think though. While we can't take ourselves out of being that startup, you know, founder archetype, we do have many startups though. Here's where I think it gets a little bit funky. And I think it's throws founders specifically. They're thinking, well, my startup doesn't exist anymore. And it's like, and? Yeah. Right. And there'll be another, and there'll be another. Now, if you've never done this before, if this is your first rodeo, the first time you've kind of been through the beginning and end of one, it feels like that must be it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or why would I ever do this again, right? That
1: that kind of thing, which then all of a sudden you do, you forget, right? And then you want to go back. It's kind of funny because when I hear that story, and again, it's totally valid because it's the first time you've ever done it, makes total sense. It reminds me of when I hear like a high school kid talk about the trials and tribulations of being a high school kid. Yeah. And, and they'll be like, oh, that girl won't talk to me. And so like my life is forever ruined or that boy broke up with me. And so my life is forever ruined. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's hilarious. Because yes, for where you are in life and for your your set of experience, that actually is the most important thing that's ever happened to you and singularly feels like it's gonna define your whole life. Yeah, and it's gonna last forever. The feeling is gonna last forever, right? Correct, right. If you're 30 years later, it's almost hilarious how insignificant that moment is in the grand scheme of life, not by itself. Like, again, I'm not-
0: uh, Especially if you can see those people on Facebook at this point, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so bad. Mm-hmm. So, when we look at, hey, am I not a founder anymore? This didn't work out. And it's like, dude, you know, you're going to do this like five more times. Yeah, not everybody look- will. Right. It's like riding a bike, right? Like how many bikes did you have growing up, right? You keep getting on different bikes. Okay, it's not
0: exactly like riding a bike. It's kind of like riding a bike down a mountain made of glass covered in uh, uh, 10W40 oil, right? <laughs> it's, but so once you've done it, like you know how to do it. You're not gonna forget Right, 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 right. muscles there and the desires there, right? The want to create and build is always gonna be there.
1: The way I look at it is, think of it as, as being an artist, right? It's something I think people can appreciate something being perennial. Right, if I were to consider myself an artist, and I do consider myself a creator first and a founder second, Mm -hmm. but as a creator, I've created nine companies. Right, I might create more in the future. Who the hell knows? Right, but either way, I'm still a founder. Like I'm a founder, and that's what I do is I create companies. Maybe I take a few years off, and I'm not doing one then. Maybe I take a decade off. Who knows? Who cares? Point is, the startups are what I create. Those are my albums, if you will. I continue to be an artist. I continue to make albums whenever the hell I feel like it or not make albums. And if I stop making albums, I'm no longer not an artist. Like, you know, Led Zeppelin doesn't become not Led Zeppelin because they haven't right. made an, an album recently, right? Like <laughs> yeah. they're still Led Zeppelin. They're there. It, it, it doesn't change is my point.
0: I'm just having a hard time here because now since you've said artist, all I can picture is like you doing your version of the Mona Lisa, but instead of looking like Da Vinci painted himself, it's that you painted yourself like the Mona Lisa. I can't shake the Irish. I would
1: be a sexy Mona Lisa. Let's, let's, you would, let's
0: call it what it is. <laughs> I'm going to have some AI <laughs> but look art created at, later today that is you as the Mona Lisa. I will share it with the world.
1: Every time this AI art gets generated, I am next level terrified because <laughs> I, I've, I've yet to see any first pass that didn't make me cringe. But actually, it's, that's part of the fun of it. But I think for all of our founders, you know, all the people that we're reaching out to, the people that we're coaching, and look, we're going through some tough times. Right now, when we're recording this, we just entered kind of Q2 of 2023. And times are tough. Startups are failing left and right but we don't have less founders. We have founders that may have like folded a startup and that's perfectly okay. We have less
0: active founders in an active startup, right? Like, and I wouldn't even say less active founders. They may still be super active, but yeah, we have a lot of people whose startup just ceased to be or ceased to be in the way that it was. And now they're in some sort of a a different state, but they're still founders.
1: Correct. And so your startup is a piece of you. It's, It's what you create. It's kind of how you use your founder power but the active nature of the startup, whether you've done it a long time ago or you just you just folded it recently, doesn't change who you are. You will be forever a founder because that's who you are. That is your DNA. That's what you're built to do. So when we look at this and we say, Hey, I have, you know, I just wrapped up my last startup, the way Ryan and I look at it is, hey, that's great. That's your last album. Let's get to your next album. Let's focus on that because you're gonna be a founder forever. So in addition to all the stuff related to founder groups, you've also got full access to everything on startups.com. That includes all of our education tracks, which will be funding, customer acquisition, even how to manage your monthly finances. There's so much stuff in there. All of our software, including BizPlan for putting together detailed business plans and financials, LaunchRock for attracting early customers, and of course, Fundable for attracting investment capital. When you log into the startups.com site, you'll find all of these resources available.